That's better. What are you watching? Nothing. Strangling a goat. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I don't mean to be rude. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a little different from all these dudes. Okay, okay, okay. They riding waves. Me, I'm up on the cruise. Yeah, yeah. You feel like me, then you got nothing to prove. Uh, uh. I see you trying, trying to do what I do. Yeah, yeah. Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com and I've got my special friend with me, Jamie, today. Jamie, how are you doing? Jamie Ike, he is the CEO and founder of Iconic.com and um, we've worked together for about two, two and a half years now. He's become one of my closest friends. Um, lovely guy, lovely hair. How are you doing, mate? You're knackered. Jamie forgot that we were doing this, went for a run, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, um, Operation... Let's lose some weight. How special friend is weird. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Okay. And we've not even known each other two years yet. Apart from that, everything there was factually accurate. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's my type of research. It's kind of round the area and some of it might be true. Hit and miss. How are you doing today then? We've, um, we're in the middle of ramping up to this new show with, with um, uh, your brother, Gareth, right now. Iconic is going from strength to strength. How are you doing and how are you feeling at the moment? Good, very good. Tired, um, busy, and it's just it's so many different things going on at the same time and they're all going to come together at some point um, and get and get this show on air. So this week we've got um, <clears throat> a good friend of mine who works down at the BBC who's up um, going through the all the systems with our team and helping out um, set a lot of the, the things up to run the live show, um, a lot of the sort of gallery stuff. He's a, a live television director, has been for a number of years. So, you know, someone of that knowledge and that experience is priceless to um, for, for people in our team to learn from, which is really, really good. So we've been doing that this week. Um, we're going to do some rehearsals tomorrow. Uh, and then if everything seems to go along nicely, we'll, um, we'll do a pilot on Friday and, and get that out Friday night, which will be um, exciting to see that. <clears throat> come together from from when it was first an idea to actually it happening we might finally get internet sorted in the building at some point um i've got a feeling i don't know it's just uh, maybe, maybe next year that might happen it's very frustrating um but yeah feeling good feeling good feeling positive trying to stay positive um and just trying to look forward can't look backwards at the moment otherwise you just get depressed so yeah you do, yeah. but you just in color did I change colour? Well, that's good. Yeah, you, that's you good. Went from orange to a sort of blue tinge. That's just yeah. Uh, it's the internet for you. So, for anyone who doesn't doesn't know, what what is iconic and and why did you kind of think of starting iconic a couple of years ago? Now it's about, was it eighteen months ago. So, what is iconic and where did the, the the idea come from? From anyone who's new to to you and your work. Uh, isn't this show on iconic? So, wouldn't people already know what it is? Yes, but it's it also goes out on YouTube as well. Um, yeah, so Iconic is is the Netflix of the alternative, if you like, in the sense of it's a subscription streaming channel. We make films, we make series, we make live events and produce live events, and we're just venturing into um, live news and current affairs shows, which is um, what we've just kind of spoken about there. Um, it's there to address the balance and address the massive gap that there is in the, the mainstream media for alternative information. You know, this pandemic or pandemic, whatever you want to call it, that's the perfect example of it. Mainstream media, you've heard one narrative, one side, one argument. You've not heard anything of the other side. So, and even when they might tell you something, they don't te- they don't 
you know elaborate on that so this week we've seen all these all these countries that have banned the oxford vaccine suspended the oxford vaccine but that, they've just said that's what they've done they've not then delved into that and gone why have they done that they've done that because there's been massive reactions and people have been dying duh, 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 duh. not done that they've just said this is what's happening um <clears throat> yet when it's the other way and they, they want you to believe something they will tell you exactly what to believe what to make of it how to understand it and what to do with the information you've been given and i've never liked that i've always felt that the media's job is to just give people information and then you make up your own mind um i've always felt as a presenter if you're presenting a news program if i can tell what your opinion is on the subject you've presented it wrong i should never be able to know what your opinion is on it because that's not what you're there to do. You're there to read the news. Um, you're not there to tell people how to interpret that news. And that's what the mainstream does. And I think that needs balancing out, massively needs balancing out. You've got thousands, you know, probably more like hundreds of thousands around the world of news organizations and radio programs and um, and so on, where you're getting the same narrative, the same style, the same way of delivering things where it's believe this or you're an idiot or you're a conspiracy theorist. And I think the way that we want to do it, and we do do it, I think, um, you know, it's up to the audience to decide whether they think we do it right, but um, is to be the opposite of that, is to balance that out, is to give people information, you make of it what you will, and that's our job. Our job is to give you both sides of a story. If you choose that side, it doesn't matter to me. You know, um, one of the areas I'm really passionate about is... Um, health really passionate about alternative health because i think most things stem from that i think you know we've heard about the mental health crisis in the last few years i think a lot of that stems from physical health and then mental health a lot of that stems from the environment what's around you who you interact with what where do you work who, who are your relationships with and i think all those things are connected and i've always found that area very very fascinating because i think if you can get that right, then you've got a great chance of finding other things in life like happiness and fulfillment and, and so on. Um, and we've got loads of, loads of shows that just talk about an alternative way of looking at health rather than drugs and so on. It's lifestyle. Um, and and that's, that's, that's what I'm really passionate about, giving people information that empowers them and gives them the opportunity and gives them the knowledge to be able to go out and make their own choices. So, I mean, all the information I think that we put out, it's very, just just look in the mirror. You know, you've got the power. You don't need to look at some guru or someone cross-legged on a mountain to save you and to save the world. You've got the ability to do that. Um, and hopefully we're doing it right. So you grew up around this information. So guys, if you don't know, obviously, Jamie's dad is, is David, David Icke, um, and you grew up around this information. Do you think growing up around this information kind of made you sort of, not just more open-minded to it, but kind of um, seeking different areas of, of solutions for issues that were going on. So you see a problem, but someone, say, the same age as you, as in school with you, would see it in one way, you would see it another. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, my dad's David Icke, not, not David David Icke. I don't know who that is, but um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I've always, I was just always brought up basically to question everything, question everything you're told, question everything you see, and make up your own mind based on what you think about something just because something is considered normal or common purpose or you know it's the accepted don't just believe it you know always question it and I quite enjoyed that and I've always quite enjoyed that I've always found questioning life 
even the simple things of why do you do that? Why, why do people behave like that? Um, why have people? Why do you react like that when something happens? I mean, people people like to think that they're individuals and that they're spontaneous. But I think if you sat down and thought about it, and you put a life situation in front of you and put two people there, you could probably guess within two options how someone or anyone will react to a certain situation. Pretty much guess pretty accurately. And it's like, I wonder, I just think why, why do people always react in the same way? Why do people always do the same things? I've always found behavior fascinating. Um, and I've always found the way people get their perceptions fascinating. What makes you believe what you believe when what you follow might have literally no evidence to support it versus something that is really, really in your face, staring you in the face and you're not even looking at it. And I think <clears throat> a big thing is this is the alternative media in general. So, so many times you hear people say, where's your evidence? Show me your evidence. What's this? What's that for, for what you're saying of which they're usually apart from, you know, the real fake news, if you like, um, there's usually tons of, yet people kind of find that quite difficult to comprehend, yet you take that the other way and you, you think about those people that follow religion, well, where's the evidence there? That is all based on faith. That's all based on your belief. And that's, for some reason, okay, but then a belief the other way is considered strange or considered you're a conspiracy theorist or you're a crackpot, tinfoil hat. <laughs> And I've always found that strange. Um, so yeah, I was definitely brought up to to question things and to not try and all try and be other people, not try and fit in, just try and always be yourself. And through school, that was quite tough because it's it, as you as you as we all know, when you go through teenage years, you're finding who you are. Um, you're finding who you who you are, who you want to be, how you want to behave, how you want to conduct yourself, and what kind of man or woman you want to be. Um, and for me, it probably took till I was about 21 to kind of figure out, 21, 22, to figure out who that was. Um, and it was tough during those periods at times because, you know, dad's what quite well known. And as far as mainstream people go, he's well known for some interesting things. So uh, so you get some stick there, which was character building. It wasn't particularly nice at the time, but it was character building. And looking back now, I'm glad that experience happened because – you know, for want of sounding dramatic, we're effectively going into war at the moment. Um, and you've got to be ready. You've got to not care what people think. Would, if I'd gone through, if I hadn't, we hadn't gone through all that stick, would I, would I feel 10 feet tall walking into a shop without a mask? Now, don't care what anyone says, looks at me or says anything. Probably not. I'd have probably been a little bit, I'd have still not done it, but I'd have probably been a little bit more timid. Whereas now I don't care. Say what you want to me. Well, no, no, nothing Nothing you say is going to bother me, and I, th I wonder if that experience is probably what's what's given me that confidence and that. Um, I don't want to use the word swagger, but that swagger of I don't care, no, nothing anyone else can say can hurt me anymore. Um, I'm confident in who I am. So, so yeah, the up upbringing was amazing, and, and being around alternative information was just fascinating because I think what you find is a lot of people, one of their biggest resistances to alternative information is that they've heard the mainstream their whole life and they don't want to believe what they've been taught is a lie mm -hmm. and they don't want to effectively have their reality shattered. Um, and I think that's, that's a big thing at the moment because a lot of people are holding on to this narrative that everything is, is as it is because if they don't, then their whole world shatters around them. 
but I never had to go through that. I was always around this from day one. And I think in in a sense, that's quite a luxury because I've never, I didn't have to break any barriers down in order to find this information. Do you think, so So when you were growing up with your dad, obviously um, doing the work he does and your brother, you and your brother are so different as well, um, which is I find incredible just from outside looking in that you've both grown up different personalities but 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 look into the same sort of information but your personalities are so different do you think kind of growing up around this information your dad allowing not allowing you but giving you the freedom to look into different things and see the world in different ways you were able to kind of construct your own version of what reality is as opposed to something everybody out at the moment a lot of people out there are waiting for the government or for a teacher or for a parent or for someone else to tell them the way they should behave the way the world is but you went out and found it for yourself and actually you're still really quite a young man so you still you went out and found your own way really early on life some people don't get to your stage it's the way you kind of like go out and try things out until they're in their 50s or 60s to have the courage to do that um do you think that that was kind of like a product of being able to go out and explore things and knowing that there's other other ways of looking at the world. There was kind of like a freedom in your upbringing that other people don't have because you had a kind of, you weren't blinkered into believing everything you were told. You were able to question it or at least understood that there was a validity to question in these people. They're not superhuman. They're not above you. You were never put down here. You were never the child, the teacher, or the child, the boss. You were always a person who wants to figure things out for yourself. Was that kind of, do you think that's kind of like galvanized you into this kind of strong person earlier on in your life? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people say, you know, to their kids, you can grow up, you can do whatever you want, you can be whoever you want to be. And it's like a, a saying, isn't it? It's basically, it's a throwaway line. But I think I was always brought up actually genuinely thinking that like, if you want to do something and you're willing to work hard and you're willing to make sacrifices and do whatever you need to do in order to do it, then you can achieve something. And I think that's been perfectly shown with, with iconic, you know, we've, it's been tough. There's been lots of times when it's been again, like another obstacle to overcome another obstacle to overcome. But when you're, you know, when you decide you're doing it and nothing's going to stop it, then I think if, as long as you're, doing something that you feel is right and true to yourself, you'll get somewhere. Um, so I was definitely brought up with that attitude. That I was also brought up that you need to follow your heart and you need to follow your your soul. If you're doing something that you believe is right, you'll get somewhere. If you're doing something that you know is wrong, but you do it anyway, then that does something to you. And it might not do, do anything to the outside world. No one else might know that you feel the way you do, but inside you know deep down that what you're doing is wrong um and i think you can apply that to those people at the moment that are wearing masks that don't want to the people that are having the vaccine that really don't want to and know they shouldn't be but they're doing it anyway i think that does something to you because as much as integrity and respect of other people is important self-respect is the most important thing it's the foundation of everything if you don't have self-respect how can you respect anyone else how can you expect anyone else to respect you and how can you sit there and hold any level of integrity you can't um so i was brought up definitely with all of those sort of things um and i think for me i didn't really know what i wanted to do and i still don't <laughs> i just knew i wanted to make a difference and, and do something positive um and so I spent most of my teenage 
years playing football, um, got to a decent level, played at Man United for a bit as a late teenager, 16, 17. Um, and where most people walking into those environments that wanted to get to that level would have walked in and thought, this is a bit of me, you know, walking into a dressing room and seeing some, you know, I won't name drop, some of the big Man United stars of the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, and you're thinking... I just walked in and went, this isn't for me. I just felt out of place. I thought I, don't, felt I didn't. I actually felt intimidated. For one of the first times and only times in my life, I felt intimidated. I felt I didn't deserve to be there. And that was when I thought, that's not for me. But again, that experience was really good. That experience of that little bit of disappointment and that experience of feeling intimidated and not, in like, not enjoying that feeling whatsoever and thinking, I don't want to feel like that again. Um, I think that definitely helped make me a stronger person. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is the responsibility at such a young age. You know, I was effectively, well, I was in charge of all of um, my dad's kind of business, if you like, at 23. Um, all of the events, we travelled around the world and did shows in Australia, America, New Zealand, multiple countries in Europe, Canada. Um, and then, you know, I, I kind of I took that on at 23. So that, that responsibility forced me to grow up, really. I met... Um, my now wife at 23 as well, who was five years, who is, she not was five years older, she still is. <laughs> She's, not works, yeah. <laughs> She's not very young. She's not very young, yeah. Who's five years older than me. So again, I thought, you know, I need to be a grown up here. You know, I'm not going to waste her time. And, you know, five years later, we're married with two kids. <laughs> so yeah. I've not done that. Well, I might have done that. I might have wasted everything. But <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so I think definitely responsibility was a big one. Forced me to grow up, forced me to grow up and take, and, and you know, and be a, be a stronger person. And since then that, that experience, every step of the way, when I look back now, given what we're doing with Iconic, every single thing I've done since about 20 was a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of experience about this, about that, about that, that's given me all the skills to be able to run the company now. So you kind of, you've got to, you started Iconic um, that year and a half ago, but you were doing all your dad stuff. You were selling out tours and you were selling out, out Wembley Arena, I believe, at one point. It's just like, it's just a massive thing to do for someone so young. And I've said this to you, it's like, I don't, sometimes you think like, how did that happen? How did you go from, because you took over your dad's stuff quite quickly, didn't you? Was it a bit of a whirlwind for you in your late teens to early twenties to think, bloody hell, what's happening now? How big is this? And, and how quick have I got to grow into this role well 2014 we did Wembley um, and I wasn't meant to be massively involved really and end up producing the entire thing <laughs> um, it was kind of it's kind of a case of with, with with information like this is you don't there's no you can't trust people you can't trust people so if you know if you're the only one there you got to do it so it was almost like failure and not doing it wasn't an option in terms of you know there was no one else there to do it uh it's not like there was a massive pool of talent and i was the best one it's just i was the only one there um and you learn you grew into it wembley was amazing it was a massive experience and it kind of it kind of just gave me the belief that you know nothing's nothing's going to top. Well, hopefully it will, but at the at that time, nothing was going to be as challenging as that. You know, five and a half thousand people. You know, you got have to organise obviously all the venue, all the marketing, all the tickets, all the audio visual stuff, getting people in and out on the, on time, 
all your brakes, all your catering, all your insurances, oh, just so many things, making sure that dad doesn't go on till midnight and <laughs> get charged at that point when you've got higher till 10 p.m. And then he's running over as he does every time. And the uh, uh, general manager of Wembley Arena is telling you it's a thousand pound extra every 15 minutes he runs over. Trying, I know, trying to communicate that, that can you please stop talking? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was fun, but it, it certainly was a challenge. But yes, it, it, it stood me instead to organise all the others. So doing all the stuff in Australia was fascinating and amazing. Doing the stuff in America. And it's always fascinating to see how different cultures do um, events. You know, in Eastern Europe, it's very frustrating for an Englishman because I'm very, get this, let's get it done, let's get stuff. You know, let's not leave anything till tomorrow. Let's get it done now and then we know it works and we can relax tonight. Whereas in Eastern Europe, it's much more laid back and it's much more kind of, yeah, it will be done when it's done. Um and, you know, I remember <laughs> we did something in Croatia and being warned that um, Croatians always turn up an hour late. And uh, that's just what that's just part of the culture. They turn right. up. And uh, so, um, you know, don't basically don't start the event on time. Otherwise, you know, people will turn up an hour late and be like, whoa, what's going on? It's already started. And I remember going, yeah, they might see we're in Croatia, that's fine, but the show's being organised by an Englishman who's starting on time. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then realising that was true. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's fun. Then it's been a real learning curve, but but like I said a minute ago, it's given me all the skills to to do the same thing. Organising an event is not too different from organising a film, really, apart from the creative side of it. So when you started Iconic, it was kind of like, it was a first, it was a podcast. You started with your brother, the number one elephant podcast. And that was, so what was the initial idea behind that? Why did you want to do that? And then how does that grow from a, a podcast every week to what you've got now and what we're doing now? And, and the new website's going to be launched, the app's coming out, and it's becoming something very, very big. And I think the timing of it is 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 perfect. Um, that's a happenstance thing. But how does it go from a podcast and 18 months later, you're suddenly running quite a big company um well the simple answer is uh, <laughs> a gentleman who now is one of the partners at iconic called simon dolan um we were chatting um i met simon when we made david's film renegade and um i spoke to him about you know, this idea i'd had to to start a media channel um and he just turned around and went well why don't you just do it stop talking about it you know um you know simon works with lots of different businesses and he said to me he said the only business plans i've ever seen that look like they are when you first write them is the ones that are still sat on the shelf because people are too scared to actually just make it happen because if they sat on the shelf they can still hold that little bit of well we didn't fail it could work because you didn't even try um and he almost kind of goaded me into i don't think it'll work but try it anyway and and then we started with the podcast and um and we did i think 10 episodes or something of that once a month and then me and gareth were like right we need to get this started we need to get this started how are we going to do it uh, and then we met you richard <laughs> which was, yeah um which was quite cool and uh it was just kind of all went quickly from there didn't it we met in the august i believe uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, I was obviously I was already on on the 
business side of it and I was already on the side of organizing all the website being built and all that sort of stuff and then we started working together and we started making content we started finding other people that had made content to license and lo and behold it seemed to seem to start pretty well when we launched in November 2019 and then it's just been growing ever since then and we've added to it and added to it and added to it and from what started as me and you and Gareth and Gina it's now um I think we've got 15 or 16 full-time employees, members of our team, which is fantastic. Six people in content, four in development, marketing, customer service, um, and a couple of producers. So plenty of content and plenty of people. And it's been really, really fun to watch it grow. Daunting, because it's, it's kind of quite scary to see something go from an idea to a reality to then a lot bigger than you thought it would be a lot quicker. But I think it's been good fun. I think as far as our subscribers go I hope they're happy with what we've done and they're happy that we're delivering in what we said we'd do have you had time in the last sort of 18 19 months to sit back and really reflect on it or has it been so quick that you just haven't had time to even think about it yeah not really not really I mean I think I took a week when my son was born um but we were in the middle of lockdown so <laughs> not a lot changed we just ate a bit more and drunk a bit more I think um but but that, apart from that, not really. It's just been pretty full on. It's been pretty full on. So um, I think my plan is to try and take a break at Christmas this year, um, depending what state the world's in, depending what you're allowed to not do or do. Then um, I think that's the plan. Yeah, take, take a bit of a break and hopefully have a point of reflection. Because I do think that's important. I do think that's important. Like I've had a bit of a... Not a, not a break, but a bit of a personal reflection in the last couple of weeks. I was getting quite down and getting quite under the weather to do with you know everything, and I was in a bit of a vicious cycle. I was eating too much. I was probably drinking a little bit too much, um, which obviously, as as you know, makes you feel not great. You feel a bit groggy. You feel a bit more tired, and it, it's it was a vicious cycle because you know it felt like for me that the only pleasure you had in life was food. Because I mean, I love food. Always have done. Um, or a beer at the end of the day or a whiskey at the end of the day um, but then obviously you don't feel better after doing that and then tomorrow you feel worse tomorrow you feel worse so uh, hence going for the run as I said earlier so yeah I've been running every day for the last week I've been I've um, made a big revolutionary decision to, to go uh, vegetarian to begin with for a month uh, and then I'm going to try and do the whole way and go vegan and see how that see how I go with that Um I've, I've, I want to do that. I have for a long time, but I've, I've tried it three or four times. I pretty much try it every single January. Um, and then I invariably just, it doesn't suit me. I invariably feel awful. My skin comes out really badly and I, I feel very, very drained and tired. But I'm doing it a bit differently this time. I'm, I'm actually being creative with <laughs> my meals rather than eating corn crap. So, uh, so yeah, I've done a bit of a reflection in terms of trying to change that cycle so you don't feel as bad, so you try and get some more energy back and try and, you know, get some mental clarity back. I was feeling a bit foggy, mm. um, which I think, you know, we've spoke about this before, like, you know, in chats that if you just work, eventually you just burn yourself out. Yeah. You just burn yourself out and you're almost actually better off taking that week off because when you come back, you have that mental clarity. Like a couple of weeks ago, if you'd have asked me my name, I'd have had to, you know, check. Yeah. I was just completely burned out so um so yeah definitely 
definitely that has just helped. But yeah, Christmas this year, that's the plan. If we hit the kind of targets that I'm setting. So even even a break is it comes at a sort of uh it comes at a price to an extent. Although I might I'll try and take a week when second child's born, I guess, which is July. Yeah, it's not far, it's not far now. I mean everything. I mean you've not only started a company in a, in a a year, a year, two years. You've had a child, you're having your second child, you got married not far off when we actually started this. Everything has changed for you guys. So, and also you've started a company a media company in the middle of the work, the weirdest year we could possibly ever find of way. I, th- I think yeah. it possibly helped us in the type of work we do because it gave us so much material. It was like being a comedian, finding the funniest jokes for a whole year. It was great in that sense, but it also has a fundamental effect on physically going out and filming and making content. You've created, well, we've created, but you fundamentally, you're steering that you're steering the ship. Um, a company in the weirdest year possible. How do you think that all of this has actually benefited the company? And then we'll come back to how the obstacles that you've actually had to overcome as well, which are still coming, by the way, and, and that'll be featured in some of the film that we're making at the moment, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Do you remember the flight back from Thailand? with the, the guy doing the wipe in his cabin tray so many times. When was that February when it ended? That was February, a, yeah, 20. just over a year ago. I can't believe this whole year is gone. Mm-hmm. And that that was a great trip, really. That we we kind of um, we went over there, didn't we, to New Zealand? That was the longest flight ever. I, your poor legs. I mean, I'm I'm half your size, and my <laughs> legs were killing me. So it was fun. It was fun, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I think we had a we had a kind of like a nice time together. But it was a uh, yeah, that oh, was at the start, wasn't it? I had COVID. I think you had something for two days there. You were very, very ill, weren't you? But I didn't I get anything. Work. I was in the same room as you. I know. See, infectious diseases then, is it? I remember you telling me to go to the doctors and being like, New Zealand doesn't have a... They'll test me. New Zealand don't have a COVID case. They'll isolate me for a month. You no, right. I ain't going to the doctors. I'm sitting in the room. You were really ill. You were really, really poorly. And you went... And the trooper that you are, I'm not blowing higher up your eyes, but you, went to, you still went to Australia and went and did some filming and come back, didn't you? And you I were did. feeling rough. Part. That flat landing back from Sydney in Auckland, I actually thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah, I got to the point in my ears when I thought the pain is so bad it physically can't get any worse. Something, my head's going to explode. But this was before all of this really kicked off. We were before lockdown. We were rumblings. before everything. It was starting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was rumblings, wasn't it? Because mm. when we got back, me and Elliot, another member of our team, we went to San Francisco to do some filming about two weeks later, and they gave me a load of stick that we'd transferred through Thailand. I mean, a load of stick at San Francisco airport. Um, they didn't want to let me in. And then eventually it was like, actually it's, you didn't leave the airport. So that's considered okay or whatever. But yeah, walking through Bangkok airport, do you remember we're the only two people without masks even then? Yeah. It, it was even kind of... then. And it was so smoggy and so hot. <laughs> and like, we were, we were a mess, weren't we? I mean, that was hard. And that was before all this. I mean, that was, yeah, yeah. It, it's a mad, it's been a mad, mad year in that sense. But how has it, how have you kind of worked around it to to build a company and and get this content out? I mean, you did a really good thing about getting stuff shot, knowing the lockdowns were coming. But luckily, you had the foresight to know that as well, because we well, would have been be stuffed. To be honest, the the actual first time we were lucky, and it, well, I say lucky, we were actually it was because me and you were expecting children. That's why we were so far ahead of time. Yeah. It's because I'd expected us both to take a break, which we did. Um, but second time, absolutely. From as soon as things opened up to a degree in June. We just shot right until the end of November and had plenty. And um, we've 
shot a few bits this year so far, but we've most of the content that we've pushed out, we shot last year um, just because we knew it was coming and we'll do the same this year, you know. Obviously, the dynamic of the channel has changed a little bit with having studios that we can shoot in, you know, 365 without having to worry about travel quite as much. Um, but yeah, in terms of the, it, it's it's what it's done is it's given it's given more of a platform to alternative information because people have got more time, and that that whole narrative of I haven't got time to research these things. Well, actually, you do now, um, and also. I think there's a lot of people that feel uneasy about what's going on, you know, people that, I mean, I've met people at these protests that they're not what you would call alternative thinkers and conspiracy thinkers at all. They're just people that own businesses that basically say, and never before have the government stopped anyone earning a living like this. Like this is unprecedented and it's not right. You know, I met one guy who'd um, had a gym that had been in his family for, I think it was two generations. And he's like, we're basically going under because of this like you can't do this it's not that's not right how are we allowing this to happen so i think you had a lot of people that were interested in alternative information and wanted answers and you know we had lots of information there for them so that was that was obviously very sorry mate (laughs) (laughs) that was obviously very um (laughs) unscripted isn't it you know that was obviously very interesting and and put a lot of eyes onto the channel particularly you know april may last year um but in terms of challenges yeah everything's more difficult everything costs more to film rather than being able to go over to america to make films um we've had to hire crew you know me and you made a film called informed consent that i think there was 12 interviews in it and we only shot four uh the other eight were all shot by crew that we hired in America and we had to sit on Skype and ask the questions and it was just not quite the same. Um, and you know, we've got a few things that we're making that same kind of principle. So it's definitely more change. Oh fuck. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Um, I'm gone. I'm absolutely gone. <laughs> what I love about what we're doing, we'll move on to the end, because what I love about what you're doing and what we're doing at Iconic is not, it's not just the, like, Netflix content, is it? It's like, he's lost it now. No, I'm all right. Sorry. What I love about it is you've got that, like, Infowars-type live show that your brother's going to do, and no one's doing that hybrid of, of, of Netflix-type stuff you subscribe to, watch a series, watch a documentary, and the live show that's going to go out weekly. I just think that that element is going to really push Iconic into something new. It's a completely new genre or, or, or system, isn't it, of, of a way of producing this content, I think. And, and it's like the, the mother of all invention is necessity. Right now, this information is going to be stamped out if people like us, other content creators, don't get together and help each other put this content yeah. out because it's, it's, getting, it's getting deleted. Yeah, I completely agree. That's exactly what's happening. Um, and you're right, nobody does both. Um, and we've spoke about this many times, that the biggest letdown in the alternative over the years hasn't been the information, it's been the production value. Um, you know, you've got com- people like the BBC that have, you know, not so much anymore, they're struggling, but you, they have these big budgets to make sets, to make programmes, and they, you know, these big six-figure cameras and so on, that just their production wise, they look a massive cut above everything else. And, you know, versus somebody recording something on their webcam, it just doesn't look the same. And I think, you know, the technology industry has changed a lot 
where cameras are nowhere near as much money as they used to be to get, you know, top quality cameras. You can make stuff for a lot cheaper than you used to be able to make it for. You know, we made a feature film called The Blueprint for probably 1% of what it would have cost 10 years ago to make. Um, so that's that's definitely been really, really helpful. Um, and I think us trying to give mainstream production standards to the alternative information, I think that's something that's not really been done before. You mentioned InfoWars. He's probably the only one. Alex is probably the only one. that If you look at his studio and then you look at a Fox studio or a CNN studio, they're the same quality. They're just as good. If you look at most other alternative channels, no disrespect, the information they have is incredible on so many of them. Um, but their production standards are what lets them down when compared to the mainstream media, which in the eyes of somebody who is looking at this information for the first time, rightly or wrongly, they're going to look at the swanky studio and the posh TV-ready person and they're going to assume that they have more credibility. Even though all they're doing is reading an autocue that they haven't written, they have no idea what they're saying is true, to the eyes of somebody, you know, on the fence, that is seen as more, is you know, is more credible. So I think if we can at least balance that out a little bit by bringing those mainstream standards and quality to alternative information, then we can and do something quite good. And on top of Gareth's show, we've got two other flagships that we're going to launch this year as well. I fought that one off. <laughs> you swallowed that. Yeah, we've got two other well. flagships. Two other flagships that we're going to be launching this year as well. Two more weekly shows, which I won't say too much about. But um, the plan is by the end of 2021 is to have a a linear schedule um, on one one day per week. So Friday nights, probably possibly Saturday nights, from say six till ten, you'd have a linear schedule on Iconic. That's the plan. So um, what? Go on, Sorry. I was just going to say, but the big, the big, I say dream, it's quite a bold dream, but the big, big thing for me has always been, I've always wanted to do a, a breakfast show. I've always wanted to have an alternative media breakfast show, mainly because I don't like treading over old ground. I don't like doing things that have been done before. And that's something that as far as I'm aware, no one has ever done before. No one's ever done a daybreak, good morning, Britain, you know, the morning, this morning show kind of thing uh, in the alternative media. It's never been done as far as I'm aware. What I love about what we're doing here at Iconic is is that that we are because it's the small smallest company compared to obviously the big ones. We're kind of like there's an underdog Rocky feel to it. There's a real Rocky feel, especially at the moment, and we're like the biggest. As you say, it is a fight, the biggest fight, and we've come ready. But also, we're far more skilled. We're far more. I'm not talking about me. I'm not. But but, but like but the team are far more skilled. There's far more talent there. There's far more creativity and there's far more drive there. And it's kind of. Um, do you feel like there's a real kind of. Uh, rocky element to what you're doing i see it in your dad's work there's always this kind of working man's i'm gonna kind of the system is big but i've got the the energy and i've got the compassion and i've got the people's people's power really it does feel like that like we're starting something that's not been done before but there's a real decency and honesty behind it i think do you think that's going to carry us through and build do you think people are ready for that they need some honesty and decency and just good honest decent human beings getting out there and doing stuff and there's something that's not plastic something that's not fake yeah well you needed to say eye of the tiger in there at some point i'll put it in the background i'll put some music in i'll put the Um, yeah totally i think people want things that are genuine um we're having this conversation with um with someone earlier today actually we were talking about a new show um that we're gonna we're gonna launch and it was to do with do you remember that clip on it i think it was itv news where they're interviewing people in the street and they interviewed the old woman 
who clearly was not scripted and was like when she was asked about the lockdown she said, oh i've had enough yes doing my head in hat that got that went viral because she was a real person she was saying what so many other people in the country think but never get the opportunity to say it and she's a real person she's relatable she's an old woman who's probably spent most of her life um working and or whatever raising kids whatever she was doing and she's now spending her last few years stuck in her house she doesn't want to be doing that she has had enough as have millions of others around the country and i think that kind of real thing is what people want people don't want fake people anymore i think you've always seen a big split in the population where young people i worry for because i think they're idols and the people they look up to are you know your love island instagram influencers and people like that um versus um you know other other people that are looking for more substance they've had enough of the sort of vacuous london bubble kind of lifestyle that, that the media live in and they're looking for stuff that's uh, more interesting and stuff that makes you know explains a lot more and stuff that gives them more empowerment rather than you know such negativity you watch the mainstream media and i'm surprised you get up in the morning it's so negative it's so down it's so dour it's everything's this everything's that um so definitely, I definitely think that's important. Um, but I also think that, as I said right at the start, when you're doing something that you believe in and you believe it to be right, I think you'll get somewhere, whatever that is. Um, you know, if you believe what you're doing is right and you're doing it for the right reasons, then I think you will get somewhere. I think you will get somewhere. But yeah, we're definitely in a fight. We're definitely in a fight because, you know, people don't, you know, powers that be don't want this information out there. So we've got to fight double as hard. We've got to be one step ahead all the time. We've got to always try and preempt to a degree how they're going to try and censor us, which they've got their little organizations like Ofcom, for example, they've got them working in the background. We've had some dealings with them in the last few months. Um, so yeah, there's, 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 they'll, they'll keep chucking things at us and we'll keep battering it away. Um, you know, I'm prepared to put my whole life into this and I'll fight, to, to, to succeed and to get the channel out there, to get the information out there, you know, till my last breath. And if that means having a few hurdles along the way, then so be it. You know, generally when things are worth doing in life, they're not always that easy. And that's what makes them worth doing. I see this with you and, and what I'm doing, like myself, and I know me and you and Gaz, I think that's the same feel. But we, I don't think people like us could help but do this. Like we would, we, we live and breathe this stuff, and I, and it's not just conspiracy theories. It's not. I said this in a, in a post on my Twitter. I said it's not really about the conspiracy theory for me, and I don't think it is for you either, or, or Gaz. It's about protecting people from abuse. The conspiracy is is the model and and the, the information we look into because there is a global conspiracy, but it's a global conspiracy of abuse. And I get the same feeling from you as you don't like people de being trampled on, taken advantage of, or abused. And that's, I think, where we, me, you, and especially we all come together. It's like we hate people being taken advantage of. And I think people don't realise that is actually what we're trying to do is not tell you about the global conspiracy. We're trying to tell you that you're being abused, used and manipulated and treated like shit. And we want to want to show you that so you can stop it. Do you think that's something that that kind of um, that you kind of ever thought about or is it something that you've not really thought about until until I just mentioned it really it's not really about the conspiracy is it it's about abuse it is and I don't think any of us could look at our kids and and leave them the world that we're, we're in now so that's a big part of it definitely a big part of your motivation to do this work and why effectively as you said we've got no choice um, but I hate bullies 
I think that's a big one. I hate bullies. I hate people that take advantage of people. And I hate people that get to the top but do it the wrong way in the sense of, okay, so if you look at the world that we live in, the you know, rightly or wrongly, I believe wrongly, the top is generally considered money. So you look at your Gates, your Bezos, your Zuckerbergs, uh, Musks. On the surface, or on what, what our species, if you like, defines as success, they don't, they're at the top. But then look at what they're all doing. So Gates is massively behind what's going on with the vaccine at the moment. You've got Bezos, who is running an organization that, um, you know, there's suicide nets at certain Amazon places to stop staff jumping out. The work conditions are disgusting. Pay zero tax. Zuckerberg is censoring anything that he doesn't agree with. Or, well, in truth, he's censoring anything that his masters don't agree with. Why would you want to be those people? Why are they your pioneers of success? Who are they and what are they doing? Um, and I don't like the fact that people like that have got to where they've got. And I think this is why I think the media industry was so interesting. I think I said this when we had our chat the other day for your film is if the media did their job, then the first time that Gates did something dodgy, probably when he was about three days old, it would have been exposed. Huh. And he would never have got to the level of power and influence on governments that he has now. So if we do our job, then those sort of things can't happen. Or if they do, they'll be exposed very quickly. So I think that's a massive part of what motivates me is to not only bring this house of cards down, is to make sure it never happens again. To make sure that we don't allow this to happen again. Um, we don't allow people to get taken advantage of. We don't allow people to be bullied and people to be belittled. I think most people have spent their entire life being told what they can't do, being told how limiting the world is and how this is not possible. And whether it be, you know, you grow up on a council estate in northeast London, it's been like, yeah, you're probably going to work here. People from around here don't achieve much. That attitude, and that you're told that from day one rather than actually, you know what, you can do whatever you want. Um, or whether it be, um, you know, being told that this is how the world is, you're brought up in a certain religion and that's how the world is. That's how it is. I think I I just don't like the idea that people live their lives without knowing the true nature of reality as well. I think so many people live their lives in fear when there's no need for them to. and, And the mainstream kind of everything just amplifies that fear. I don't like it. I think there's no there's no reason for it. There's no reason why people should live like that. I think we can all live very happily. We can all live with genuine equality, not forced equality, um, which isn't equality at all. We can live where everyone is treated equally. Everyone has the same opportunity and is free to make the same choices, no matter what your skin color is, where you're born, who you want to date, um, what your gender is, and all those different divisions. And, and fault lines that they use to divide people. And I think it sounds very, you know, people call you an idealist for thinking like that, but I think it's possible. I just think it's not been reality so far because the wrong people have always been in charge. I think, so So when you're feeling like, oh, we can talk about these things over and we can, we can talk about the, the kind of the motivation and get other people motivated, we want to protect people. But when you're down and when you're feeling like you can't, you're knackered and you're, and you're, you're low. How do you remind yourself that what you're doing, your goal, how do you refocus yourself? I mean, with me, I like talking to people like yourself. I, I had a great time in Derby last week. I, had a, I felt like I'd 
been away and had a complete rejuvenation because I was around people making stuff. And I love that feeling of, look what we can do. I've always been like a kid like that. Like, look at all this stuff. Look what we can make. I've always been like that. And I will always be like that. With you, how is that kind of, how do you regenerate yourself when you're feeling down? Who's there for you to support you? Um, Travis. <laughs> Kennedy, my dog. She's like my best friend, quite literally. Um, you know, we haven't going for a run in the morning. Watching her run around makes me smile. Starts the day nicely. Um, every time I see my little boy, I just think everything that we do, we're going to do for you. As Brian Adams would say, everything I do, I do for you. Um, and that motivation to to make him proud. Um, and know that he is going to live in a world that is much fairer where there's not effectively bond villains trying to control people and inject poison into people's bodies i live by the kind of saying that it'll be all right in the end and if it's not all right it's not the end and as i refuse to accept that his life will be a life that they want so i refuse to accept it and as long as i do that it gives me that enough motivation, enough, not motivation, that's the wrong word, you don't need motivation, but enough belief that we can do something about this because I refuse to accept that that's his future. So let's do something to make sure it's not. That's generally what gets me up. My wife's fantastic. She's so supportive and, um, you know, we'll, we'll be, is there when I need her. Um, and... You know, I think I said this to you the other day that we I don't want to chat to you late at night because I end up going to bed not being able to sleep because we chat about ideas and you get excited and you get right, you get a bit pumped. So, you know, you're a massive influence. So hopefully we're an influence on each other if you enjoyed Derby. Um, so, yeah, there's those all those factors, really. You know, me and Gareth are very different. So we... Hang on a second. I think my dog's going to be sick. <laughs> That's not what I've thought at the end of this. That that, <laughs> Sorry, she's that train of now. thought would be. Okay. Um, you know, we rub off on each other quite well because we're quite different. So things that will will get to me won't get to him and vice versa. So, uh, so yeah, there's lots of lots of things that help. But, yeah, things get tough to tough sometimes. As I said, the other week I was struggling. The other week I think Beth phoned me on the way home from work and said, oh, can you nip to the shop and get this for dinner? I went, I can't because... Obviously, I, I refuse to wear a mask. So, uh, yeah. obviously, there's the risk occasionally of people saying something to you, which seems to be happening quite a bit yeah. at the moment. Well, I did when you were up with yeah, us. Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, I said to her, I said, I'm not, I can't. I said, because the day I've had, like, if someone says something to me, I can't guarantee they're not going to be thrown through a vegetable oil. Yeah. I was, I was just that kind of, it's been one of them. I've had enough today. So, it does kind of, it does, you know, sometimes things get down, get to you, but you get up every morning and you start again. But no choice. You said a great, great term there, and I want to just pick up on that before we go. You said, I refuse to accept it. I, I'm the same as you. I refuse to accept that my, my son Arthur is going to grow up in this world. I refuse it. There's just no bound. There's no more pushing. You can't push through that. Refuse. Do you think that that's something that we need to get back? People need to go, no, I refuse it. No, don't care. Put whatever law you want in. Come up with a ridiculous law you want. I refuse to do this now. Where can people find that strength in themselves to go, I refuse this. You can kill me. You can take my life now, but I refuse to go along with that. We need. Is there an element of finding our way back to that? Was that something that you think you got through seeing your dad do that over years and years? 
um, himself because he's kind of refused to basically curtail to anything for 30 years. Is it something that you think people have lost or never had? Or is it just something because if your dad was that way, you, you, you were lucky enough to kind of, I suppose, keep it long enough to get into your adulthood? Do you think people lost it in their teens and their, their, their childhood? I think that most people never had it because I think this is the dog. I think most people never had it because I think a lot of your perceptions, particularly when you're young, come from your parents. And if your parents don't have that, then, are you, you know, they're the people that you're initially learning from. Um, so if they don't have that, then where are you going to get those perceptions from to, to stand up for yourself? But the big thing, as you say, about saying no, how many times have you heard recently, you know, I don't really want to have the vaccine, but we don't have it then. If you don't want it, don't have it. That's your boundary. You know, your body is your body. You are a sovereign human being. You have no right. They have no right to put something in your body that you don't want there. You decide if if you were in a relationship and you told your girlfriend how to dress, people would have a word and say, you can't do that. Mm. Yet we've got a government telling you that you have to put this in your body. And most people are just saying, I don't want it, but... Well, no, there is no but. If you don't want it, then don't have it. It's so simple. Because, as I said earlier on, if you have it when you don't want it, that does something to your soul. It really does. Forget the physical side effects of these vaccines, but it does something to your soul because you've gone against it. You've done something that you know is wrong. And I think if we just put that as our line, I want to go on holiday. Well, don't go on holiday then. I've fully resigned to the fact that I'm not going to be going anywhere for the foreseeable future. And I don't care. And I know some people live for two weeks in Magaluf, but you're playing Russian roulette with your body, firstly, and also you're being bullied into something that you know is wrong. So just say no. You know, a mutual friend of ours whose work we like, obviously, Richard... Grannon, one of his things he was talking about, people have no boundaries. And that's exactly that. If you're not going to put up a boundary and say what I inject or drink or eat or whatever goes into my body, I will choose, then you're done. You've got no boundary in anything, in anything. Um, and I said this to somebody the other day when they were saying about, you know, what if you need the vaccine to travel? You know, I want to I travel. And I, so I might have it. It's like, okay, okay, fine. So let's, let's say that's true. You go along, you have your COVID-19 vaccine, that's fine. And then you travel. What happens next year when they say that there's a new variant and there's another vaccine? You can have that one. Huh. And then the next year and there's another one. You can have that one as well. You're going to be forced every year to take something that you don't want to take because you think it's going to allow you to go on holiday when deep down you know it's not. Where's your line? And, you know, I said very early on, my line was I'm not wearing a mask under no circumstances. I didn't get to go and see the scan of um, my second child because I refused to wear a mask. And I, I, I can live with that. My wife supported me and we can live with that. But I refused under any circumstance to wear one. And if wearing one is absolutely mandatory to do something, I won't do it. And I think if people lived by those rules, if you like, where... If you don't want to do something, then don't do it. Then, you know, the world would be a very different place. People would not be taken advantage of anywhere near as much. People would not be bullied as much. 
you know, they've just passed a bill. We were talking about it a minute ago about these protests. I'm still going on Saturday. Gareth is still going on Saturday. We don't care because we'll do what we believe to be right and forget the consequences because the consequences of not doing what you believe to be right are far greater. They are, and that's the point in a protest. It's, you're not supposed to go along to a protest and go, well, I can't go because of the rules. The whole point is you're going because of the rules. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. I said to someone the other day, just before we go, is what about if they flip it in four years' time and say everyone who's got the vaccine is actually now contaminated and they can't travel? Imagine them flipping it on you because any second they could flip it on you and say, actually, the vaccines were not as good as we thought and actually anyone who got the vaccine they now can't travel because you need to take a IM Vax passport with you. They could flip it any day, and this is what you open your, yourself up to, yeah. that sort of manipulation of them turning the tables on you any minute because you're allowing them to use you in any way, which way they want. And as you say, it's an abusive relationship. Just before we go, so what... I asked you this question in, in, in the film, but I'd like to get it on, on camera here. What makes someone or something iconic? Jeez... To you, it doesn't. There's no right or wrong answer. What makes on when you think of iconic? What would you say that is? What what, what does that term mean to you? Well, the tagline that we have is is new, different, and revolutionary. And I think you can kind of tie all those three things together. Not everyone is going to be. You know, people think revolutionary, and you think something massive. You know, not everyone is going to be Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, JFK. Rosa Parks, people like that that you still talk about that effectively single men and single women that did these incredible things and changed the game. Not everyone is going to do that. So don't associate the word revolutionary with that. What for me, new, different and revolutionary means is doing what you believe to be right and starting with yourself. So a simple act, walking in a shop without a mask. That is an act of ultimate defiance. That is an act of you standing up for what you believe is right. If you don't believe wearing them is right, then don't do it. Not when not taking a vaccine. That is standing up for what you believe to be right. And in any area of your life, if you stand up for what you believe to, to be right, and not just talk it, but live it. Don't just say, this is how things should be. Actually live it. Don't just turn around and say, oh, no, when's this going to end? Well, what are you doing about it? You know, if you're saying, oh, you know, the vaccine, I don't want it, and when's it going to end? Well, by you going and getting it, you're just playing into their hands. Don't just talk it, live it. And I think that that would be what I would be described, I, I would consider to be iconic, is living to the ultimate integrity. And I think, I thought about this the other day, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but this sort of saying came into my head, which was the worst thing you can ever do is try and compare yourself to somebody else because you're not the same person. The best and the most aspirational you should be is to be the highest and most impressive and most complete version you can possibly be of yourself. Just be better than who you were yesterday. Stand up for what you think. Don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. Don't think this person's doing more than me. I should be doing more. No, do what you believe to be right and just be the best possible version of yourself. And if everyone did that, then the world would change instantly, really, because it's all got to start individually. Because if individually everybody changes, then collectively everything changes. And if people started, you know, 
acting how they believed is right rather than how they believe how how they've been told to believe is right you know then things would change pretty damn quickly because nobody well i say nobody there's some idiots but what 90 percent of people look outside and know that something doesn't add up they're, they're they're uneasy about it different areas some people might just be uneasy about the fact they can't go to the pub but they're uneasy about it and I think once we get past the point of being uneasy to a point of actual action, then everything changes. And that's what I consider being iconic action and and doing what you believe to be right and walking it rather than just talking it. So where can people find iconic? Where can people log on and how they can they join? How can they subscribe and what can they look forward to in the next couple of months? So yes, iconic.com. I C K O N I C seven day free trial available to everyone where every, all, all the content's available in that trial. There's nothing hidden. Um, so you've got thousands of hours of uh, series, original series. I think there's about 17 original series on there now across a wide range of subjects from health, psychology, astrology, paranormal section. We've got our first paranormal original series launching on Thursday this week, 18th. Although I don't know when this is going out, so it might be after. Um, and you've got um, four original films, two of which, three of which we've worked on together, Rich, Unnatural, Informed Consent and Prime for Panic, um, War of the Words, which is your film you work on at the moment that's coming out in a couple of, in a few weeks, May, I believe. Yeah, May. Um, so, yeah, we've got a brand new Friday night news show followed by another um, Saturday flagship news show, which will be launching in June followed by another flagship Sunday afternoon um, chat show, which will be launching in August. Um, so this year we'll get out, I think, about 20 original series and seven original films, um, along with tons and tons of licensed content with new content every day. I see it, guys. There's so much on there. I mean, I was looking, I was uploading stuff today, and it, it is loads and loads of thousands and thousands of hours of alternative content that you won't find anywhere else so guys go over to iconic.com and what sorry the mobile app we forgot that the mobile app the new website which looks incredible by the way so guys and that's in the next few weeks and that really really does look look the business and and i'm I'm so proud of what you've done jamie in, in the last year genuinely been amazing to work with you i think the world of you you know that and um it's been incredible. It's been an incredible journey and it's only just started and, and to have children at the same time, our boys are, are going to grow up pretty much the same age and it's it's a journey and this is an incredible time for us to be doing this so I really do um, do appreciate everything that you're doing and I think we all do. Um, everyone is iconic. You leading the ship there. It's been an amazing adventure and it's only just starting. So guys, go over to iconic.com, sign up for your seven day free trial. Please leave comments below. Hope you found this inspirational. I think we've actually touched on some really nice stuff um, there towards the end. And um, guys, please subscribe and share this about. And we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Oh, oh, I know now, baby, it ain't no better, baby.